Okay, I'm back, and I hope you enjoyed that video. That was um, quite an interesting and packful information. A little bit about our first female serial killer, Lavinia Fisher, born 1793, died February 18, 1820, is reported by some legends to have been the first female serial killer in the United States of America. She was married to John Fisher, and both were convicted of highway robbery, a capital offense at that time, not murder. Historians have begun to question the veracity of the traditional legend, and some assert that Lavinia Fisher never killed anyone. She was, however, an active member of a large gang of highwaymen who operated out of two houses in the back country near Charleston, the five-mile house and the six-mile house. It's not clear whether the six-mile house was a hotel, but it served as a hideout for a number of outlaws. Their residence was in Charleston, South Carolina, for most of their lives. Together, they owned an inn, the six-mile Wayfarer house, which they managed in the early 19th century. The hotel was located six miles north of Charleston, hence the name Six Mile House. During the couple's time there, reports were made to the local sheriff about guests disappearing due to lack of evidence and the popularity of the couple with many locals. These complaints came to nothing. This is her story. Lavinia Fisher would invite lone travelers into the Six Mile Wayfarer house to dinner and then ask them questions about their occupations, trying to determine if they had money. She would send them up to their rooms with a cup of poisoned tea. Once the men drank their tea and went to bed, her husband would go up into the room and beat them almost to the point of killing. Another version of the legend was that the tea would only put the men to sleep for a few hours. Then when they were almost asleep, Lavinia would pull a lever and the bed would collapse and drop the victim into a pit. Some believe that there were spikes awaiting at the bottom of the pit. Much of which actually occurred in the alleged murders at the hands of John and Lavinia Fisher has become wildly exaggerated through time. The factual details are hard to find. However, contemporary news accounts in the Charleston Post and Courier claim that, the, that a vigilante gang went to the Fishers neighborhood in February 1819 to stop the purported gang activities that were occurring there. Satisfied that they had accomplished their task, the group returned to Charleston but left a young man by the name of David Ross to stand watch in the area. Early the next day, Ross was attacked by two men and dragged before the gang that had terrorized the region. Among them was Lavinia Fisher, to whom he looked up for help. However, rather than help, help him, she choked him and then smashed his head through a window. Ross managed to escape and immediately alerted the authorities. Immediately following this incident, another traveler named John Peebles asked 
if there were any vacancies, Lavinia replied that there was unfortunately no room, but he was welcome to come inside and rest and have some tea. John happened to hate tea, and not wanting to seem rude, he dumped it when she wasn't looking. She interrogated him for hours and eventually said, said she discovered that, in fact, they did have a room. He then went to bed. He had felt suspicious about the interrogation and was worried about being robbed, so he decided to sleep in the wooden chair by the door. In the middle of the night, he awoke to a loud sound of the bed collapsing and discovered the Fisher's plan. He jumped out the window and rode to Charleston to alert the authorities. Boy, he barely missed it, huh? Based on these two accounts, the assailants were finally identified by name, something that law enforcement had previously lacked. Police were immediately dispatched to the location, and during the ensuing investigation, Lavinia and John were located, along with two other gang members. John Fisher surrendered surrendered the group in an effort to protect his wife and shield her from possible gunfire. Later, during the interrogation, he again attempted to protect Lavinia by giving the identities of all involved in the gang. Nearly a full year elapsed between the time that their arrest and their execution. At their arraignment, the Fishers pleaded not guilty, but were ordered to be held in jail until their trial, which would take place in May. While their co-conspirators were released on bail, At the trial, the jury rejected their pleas of innocence and found them both guilty of highway robbery, a capital offense. However, the judge allowed an appeal, and they were given a reprieve until the January session of the court. During this time, the Fishers occupied themselves with plans to escape as they were housed together at the Charleston South South Charleston Jail, the Old City Jail. In a six-by-eight cell and not heavily guarded. On September 13th, they put their plans into action and began their escape. Things did not go as planned as the rope they had made from prison linens broke, leaving Lavinia trapped in the cell and John set free. He was unwilling to continue the escape plan and was recaptured. The two were then kept under much tighter security. The Constitutional Court rejected their appeals on February 4, 1820. Both were sentenced to be hanged. Awaiting execution, John accepted the counsel of the Reverend Richard Furman, a local minister, but Lavinia became even more... uh, I would say, enraged or irritated. On the gallows in front of the old city jail, before John Fisher's execution, Reverend Foreman read aloud a letter John had composed, which stated that since he had become a Christian, he could not be executed with a lie held to his account. Therefore, he insisted on his innocence, 
and ask mercy on those who had done him wrong in the judicial process. After the minister read the letter, Fisher then began to plead his case before the gathered crowd of some 2,000. He then seemingly contradicted himself by asking for their forgiveness. Believing that she would be pardoned up until the moment she was hanged, Lavinia, according to legend, used her last breath to scream, If any of you have a message for the devil, tell me now, for I shall be seeing him shortly. Then jumped off the stand and killed herself. Her ghost is believed to, or by some, to haunt the old Charleston jailhouse. And tourists still claim sightings of her ghostly apparition. Lavinia was buried in a potter's field near the old city jail. Claims of her burial at 150 Meeting Street or at 4 Archdale Street appear to have been fictitious promoted by tour guides. So now you know the full story of Lavinia Fisher and her husband, John. So I hope you found that very interesting. Um, As always, you can find me on Spreaker, Anchor, Facebook, Instagram, Getter, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Reddit, iHeartRadio, and TikTok. Go to www.spreaker.com and Google Cats Cauldron, and you can find me there. Um, One shout-out I would like to make is um, for our friends at the Veterans Ranch, um, do you give a buck? Well, do you? $22 a month or $5 a week, 73 cents a day. Some of us spend $5 a day on Starbucks. Um, That's really not a lot to ask. If we can just get 22 people or $22 a, a month, not a lot. Maybe you can't do $22. I know things are tough right now. The economy is bad. Maybe you can only do a few dollars, a couple dollars, or maybe just that one you can sacrifice that one Starbucks a month for $5. Folks, it's not how much you give. It's the fact that you're willing to give. It's a giving heart that receives the bounty. So Give a buck for those of us, for those who have served for us. Also, I want to do an honorable mention to Project Die Hard. They are also in service of our veterans. These two organizations serve veterans who are in crisis. Our veterans are dying by suicide at an alarming rate. So go to 2-22-to-save22.com and check out Project Die Hard. And if you can give, I understand times are hard. Again, trust me, I'm right there with you. So I, I chose to donate to the Veterans Ranch and help their cause. I do it every month. 
I'm willing to give up that one Starbucks a week. So if you can, it's great. Please do. Again, the Veteran Ranch. You just Google it. It's uh, the Veterans Ranch dot i n n o v. The number eight. T i v e dot com. Please check them out. Give if you can. Thank you so much, and see you tomorrow.